0: Hello and welcome to the Inner Gamer episode 227. Austin awesome. 27. Number 27. I, I, yeah. That's there it is. Here there we are. We reached it. The it's number of back. all numbers. Uh, everybody, we are the video game source for you, the casual gamer. My name is Brett Yanosky
1: My name is Austin Morales. And this week on the Inner Gamer Podcast, Brett jumps into Wizard Unite on the phone. And I jump into Apex Legends Season Two and in the gaming news Netflix is getting a show, a video game. You wouldn't believe it, but it is Cuphead. So we talk about that, and Nike's making sneakers based on N64, we guess, for National Video Game Day. And for our discussion topic, we jump into some leaks for GTA 6, Whether they're real or not, we're going to talk about all the awesome details of what we want.
0: Just all the things that we want <laughs> yes. from Grand-, Grand Theft Auto 6. Isn't that exciting? It's so exciting, though I'm so ready for this. Yeah. Yeah. How long has it been? Like 18 years? Um. Yeah. Probably something like that. All right. Cue probably. the music.
1: Welcome to the.
0: It is July 12th, 2019. Welcome to the Intergamer Podcast. If you enjoy this podcast, we'd love for you to donate to make the show better and we'll give you some goodies along the way. For as little as $5, you can help support the show so we can keep bringing you the highest quality content each and every week. And if you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, check out our next event coming up this Friday at Community Brewery. We are back in the big shebang at Community Brewery. Come on out. We're going to have some free indie games to play. Couch co-op style games. It should be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of people there. Um, I just got word that there's going to be some beers that will be available. They aren't necessarily like specialty, like brand new beers, but they are good beers. And that should be pretty exciting. So, um, yeah, I'm going to be there. Austin's going to be there. I'll be there. Our friends are going to be there. going to hang out, play some games. It'll be. Eat some badass barbecue like how are you gonna eat barbecue sorry what we're at community they sorry. don't have barbecue i'm thinking
1: of Cowtown because barbecue has been on
0: my mind for a little bit i'm actually still not sure if we're gonna have food there yet because uh right now we're not able to get a food truck but we're working on it so hopefully there'll be a food truck and hopefully it'll be barbecue and hopefully it'll be barbecue <laughs> um but otherwise there will be uh they have a new beer that's coming out on thursday that is a fruited sour called uh uh, something. There's a fruited sour, and then on Friday we're they're releasing the Black Light Schwarz beer and I don't know what exactly it is, but it's a new beer that's coming out on Friday, so that Sweet. will be there. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah. So Austin, video games. Yes, um, I love video games, Brett. It is time. Um, you another know, week, another video game. Another what, week. What do you got for game. us? Well, it's funny. You know, I should have been playing this while I was on my vacation, but I didn't, um, which is weird that I didn't think about it. But I was just like, gamer, are you? I know it's really bad. But I've been playing the new uh, Harry Potter Go, a.k.a. Wizards Unite from Niantic, which I did find out after the fact that it's not actually made by Niantic. It's published by Niantic, but it's actually made by WB like San Francisco. Or some shit like that. Okay. So Niantic is still like heavily working on like Pokemon Go, I guess, but they are in a sense like publishing this game, which is really, really interesting. So, um, Harry Potter Wizards Unite is a new game that is basically Pokemon Go in the Harry Potter world. So, you have, um, think of Pokemon Go. Everything about it. You have your Pokemon balls. You have your Poke stops that you can go to. You have your, what do they call the uh the tower? Was it the towers? Pokemon towers? Yeah, Pokemon stop. Po- no, the, ta- the, oh, oh, the battles. Gyms. The gems. That's right. Yeah. yeah, so you have the gems. In this game, what they've done is they've converted all that stuff. To have different names, so you still have your map, you have your character, and the idea of it is—is actually the first thing you do is you create your character. So you decide what house you're going to be a part of, Um, just like you do in Pokemon. You figure out what color you're going to be associated with. This one you pick: Gryffindor, Hufflepuff, you know, Slytherin, Ravenclaw. Um, And it's not sorted by the sorting hat. You just pick what you want to be. That's cool. And um, And what do you want to be? Uh, I'm a Hufflepuff, actually. Really? I like the Hufflepuffs. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, so that's that's what I chose. You always like
1: Hufflepuff or are you just
0: Yeah, yeah, it's I think I I read up on it and I feel like I most associate with the Hufflepuffs. Nice. Yeah. What,
1: what are the, what are they?
0: Um they are very full they they're um educated people. Uh-huh. They a little bit more introverted somewhat, but they like to they're very smart and um I am smart and and introverted sometimes, but not really. But really they they're kind of like um they're the thinkers of the group, I guess. Cause like Gryffindors are like born naturally born leaders. They're very extroverted, um, outgoing, spontaneous, like they all that stuff. And I'm not fully that kind of person. And Slytherins are more like mischievous and like they do they're also kind of more leaders and stuff like that. Whereas like the Ravenclaws kind of like keep to themselves a little bit, mm-hmm. but are also like very, very good at like figuring things out and solving problems and whatnot.
1: So Huff a Puff. According to Wikipedia, is uh, hard work, patience, justice, and loyalty.
0: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And then Ravenclaw was intelligence, creativity, learning, and wit. Yeah. Slytherin, ambition, cunning, leadership, and resourcefulness. And then, obviously, last but not least, Gryffindor, which is courage, bravery, nerve, and
0: chivalry. Yeah. I'm not chivalrous. I see that. Yeah. Definitely. Because you're a Hufflepuff do not have off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm loyal though. Yeah, that's that's true. That's, that's you know, true. I'm a loyal. You can't person. have everything, Brett. You got to be exactly. one or the other. So, um, but yeah. So the, in this game, you start out and you learn. What, what's really interesting about this is a lot. More, this is much more heavily story based in a way, and it's also much more RPG based. Like there's RPG elements that are pretty strong in this game. Like you level up you get stronger, you get better at fighting people. So basically what happens is whenever you're like, they have these things called confoundables. Um, Basically like there's just this big calamity that like destroyed wizarding world or whatever, and then brought out wizarding things into the real world. And then your goal and they call them like confoundables and you have to go find them and then basically like cast magic to get them back to where they're supposed to be in the wizarding world um so there's not this like crazy like confusion and the uh, muggles see like magic everywhere. So you're uh tasked to do that by Harry Potter who works at the Ministry of Magic and uh so they actually have a Harry Potter character in here that actually has a voice. I don't know if it's Daniel Radcliffe, but it kind of sounds like him. That's kind of interesting. But um I'm sure they found someone yeah, that sounds like him. Probably. Um, so you go around and you collect these confoundables and when you're in AR mode, like the AR mode is kind of weird because you have to like move your camera around to find the traces of magic on the floor. But if you're in a room like this, like chances are the traces of magic will be on the table. And then whenever you aim your camera at the thing or object and everything's 3D modeled in this, which is really nice. So you have like this, these little goblins that come down and they're like fighting each other and fighting over this object. And you need to cast magic to break them away from that object and send them back to where they came from. And uh, it's really for a mobile game is nicely like the graphics are nice. Like it's a pretty good looking Graphic game. I've turned AR off, kind of like we did with Pokemon Go. I've turned it off pretty quick. At that point, all you got to do is just cast magic. So you cast magic by basically tracing a shape on your screen, and the better you trace it in the certain amount of time that you have, the better you'll do to cast that spell. And then you can also use potions to get a better chance of casting a higher level of uh, of uh, goodness, I guess you could say. And uh, so that part's in there, which is really, really neat. And then um, instead of having stops they have inns and they have greenhouses. So these are different things that give you different kinds of items. So they're all scattered around the world. So like the other day I was at, over by Austin City Taco Shop and the mural on the side of Austin City Taco Shop is an inn. So I can go over by there and I can go in there and get like items out of it so you can pick up like Pokemon Go you can pick up your potions you can pick up you know experience points you can pick up um different types of things that do different stuff um and then they also have the fortresses which are the gems and I haven't done these yet but from what I understand is the fortresses are big huge pvp kind of spaces or cooperative kind of spaces and there's different level tiers to them so you go in there with like a set number of people and you're cooperatively trying to take down different levels of the fortress so you start on level one and fight out all the bad guys casting your spells and then you go to level two and they get harder and then level three and they get harder and if you get to the very end you get all kinds of great badass points but you have a certain number of charges for your wand so there's a point in the fortresses where you could like run out of charges and they have to be like Hey, you want to pay some extra money to get more charges? Wow. That's a thing. Wow. So I guess I'm not surprised. Yeah. But continue. Yeah, it's 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 Pokemon. So I mean it, it is what it is. <laughs> but there there is a lot of stuff in here. Cause I mean, every time you find a confoundable, you're collecting items and you're collecting experience. And they have different tiers of experience for different uh, categories. So like there's a part where you're actually trying to find hidden like objects in the world and return them to these like paintings or these pictures. And then once you fill in a picture, you get like bonus items and rewards from that. Um, You level up for like the ministry of magic. There's a level up system for like, I think, you know, like uh, like just different categories you can level up to get more experience points for that certain type of thing. And then you also can level up your character and get better at, you know, casting those spells down the line. So there's a a lot of depth to it and like way more than I expected. And it's way less buggy than Pokemon Go was at launch, which is also a nice pleasant surprise.
1: That is nice.
0: Yeah. So um, I think for Harry Potter fans, this is like the only concern I have about this game is I feel like whereas Pokemon Go was just enough to get me super hyped to go out and like do stuff. I feel like there's a lot of, focus you have to get to this app when you're out in the real world where it's not like i can passively just sit there at a water fountain and just like flick my finger to like capture pokemon like i have to be sitting here actually looking at it doing things interacting with the world and i have to be more intentionally looking at my phone whereas before i could kind of like half do it and still get stuff done so i'm not sure how i feel about that yet
1: yeah yeah i mean i think Two, it's for a more mature audience anyway. You know what I mean? Like, Pokemon is, is, is simple and it's meant for kids. I know Harry Potter is meant for kids as well, but I feel like the world that they have is definitely more mature and there's a lot more mature things. So, I'll, honestly, I mean, obviously, it translates to, you know, a game that probably requires more thinking and more doing yeah. than just Pokemon. So... Uh, side note: The guy who plays uh, Harry Potter is actually Kyle McCarley. Oh, okay, and he is a voice actor who does anime, video games, cartoons, and audiobooks. Well, he did a pretty good job. So he's in a lot of anime. You might recognize him from uh, Near Automata and Mobile Suit Gundam, along with many, many other stuff. It's kind of wow. crazy. So, I'm curious to hear his voice now because he's everywhere. Yeah. yeah, no, he's done a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff.
0: So, well, I just unlocked the ability now that I'm level six or seven to choose a profession, which is basically like a class. So, you can now choose a profession such as the orer, the magic or a professor. And each one um, gives you special bonuses against certain types of confoundables. Dark Forces, Beasts, or Curiosities. So that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, no, I, th- I think it's a good game. I'm, I'm pretty pretty impressed with it so far. I could see myself playing it. It's definitely... I think they were smart to go the Harry Potter route because you have the Pokemon crowd and you have the Harry Potter crowd. And the Pokemon crowd and the Harry Potter crowd don't always necessarily jive together. They're different people, different generations and stuff like that, kind of, in a way. But they just, like you know, a more to one versus the other. So this allows them to reach a much larger audience and hit more people. And I think they could, I bet you eventually I could foresee them doing some kind of, uh, you know, integrations and partnerships with like Disney world or universal studios and stuff like that, or wherever, wherever the Harry Potter worlds are and right, like right. actually have special events at the Harry Potter worlds where people come with their phones and like ready to go and just be like Harry Potter people. everywhere so it's pretty it's pretty exciting
1: well like to do more research and see what people think of it i mean i'm sure people like this game but i feel like when pokemon go came out it was a huge craze i don't feel like this game was as big as pokemon go obviously it's the first of its kind pokemon go was so yeah i think you're obviously going to get more hype than you would now but again i think harry potter's kind of come and gone it's not as big as it used to be and coming out so late in the game, I don't know if it's going to have the traction that Pokemon has in general, you know, they're always coming out with new iterations. People seem to continue to love Pokemon over after all these years. Like, I, I, again, I don't know what the retention rate is for a newer a newer audience for Pokemon either, but it seems like every time there's a Pokemon game out, it gets pretty, a pretty good amount of hype, you know, like people oh, yeah. want it, people want to play it and they put lots of hours into it. Um, obviously, we're seeing it from a more mature perspective. There's a lot more of uh, our age group who still loves Pokemon and still loves playing those games, regardless of you know if it was on 3DS or the Switch or whatever. So, uh, I, I, hopefully, we can report back, yeah, maybe in a month or two and see like where it's come, yeah, how it's, yeah.
0: Settle I definitely it. don't think it's going to... I mean, it's not going to be near the success that Pokemon Go was because, like you said, first of its kind. Pokemon's got a huge fan base. Games are still coming out for Pokemon. Harry Potter doesn't have that. So it's not the first of its kind. And it's, But it's, it's a better iteration of what they had already established, which I think is pretty cool. So it's not going to be that big, but I do think that over time we'll see people kind of grasping it more and getting more involved in it. But... I bet you that, you know, Niantic's not going to like let go of Pokémon anytime soon. They're probably going to keep both of them pretty well updated and just like make them both live services over time. Yeah. Especially with like the new Pokémon Sword and, Sword and Shield coming out. I wouldn't be surprised if they don't do some kind of collaboration with them to like introduce those characters way sooner than they have been with Pokémon Go up to this point. Right. Um so that'll be that'll be pretty cool. But yeah, I uh, I like it pretty well. I think people should pick it up and uh if you get it, let me know in Discord or hit me a message and we can uh, exchange friend codes because, yes, there are friend codes in this game. <laughs> That's how you follow each other is through oh, friend codes. Oh, great. Following Nintendo's path. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, there we have it. Austin. Yes. You I, have started playing something me. exciting that I haven't touched yet. Yes, Tell me about it.
1: It is great. I jumped in Apex Legends Season 2. And I was actually blown away because obviously when it first came out, we were all pretty hyped. We we're enjoying it. But I think two months in it started getting a little stale. Season like, one and, you're talking about? Yeah, season yep. one. Like, it, you know, it was fun, but, you know,
0: you get used Man, to everything. Other than like new skins and stuff like that and a couple of weapon changes, there wasn't anything really significant to the season. It was just there. I mean, like the skins weren't anything super exciting and...
1: Talking about season one. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
0: It was just very lackluster of an of us a, a season. Like we're so used to Fortnite being such a huge blowout of hey, look at this awesome new changes to everything. Right. Um, this one didn't do that. Right. But season two, on the other hand, I think has.
1: Well, honestly, season one was just kind of like it was there, and I don't even consider it a season. Right. Uh, because it just tied in so much with just the initial release, there wasn't much else. Besides, obviously, what you said, the skins and a few, and like one gun and a few changes here and there, you know. And it was fine, you know, we got, and we got a new character. It was great, dandy, but like I just fell off. I jumped into season one for just a little bit in the beginning, and then I was like, eh, whatever, you know, it's come and gone. It's just kind of funny to see how Fortnite has really kept up even after all this. But then season two, I was blown away with the map changes. So, first off, I was hoping there was going to be another map, but obviously, Apex wanted to go the route of we're just going to switch up the map a little bit. And I was like, damn it, damn it. I mean, I understand why you do this. and I'm hoping that with just changing up the map because they do have some kind of like story stuff thrown in on why it's different. And I'm hoping that they take more of a Overwatch route and really kind of throw story into this. Maybe even do many shorts because that would be awesome to see and kind of flesh out some of these characters. 'Cause I think the characters are interesting, but and we know have some sort uh we know some of the backstory to like who they are and what they're doing there. But to see more would be awesome. Uh and that would definitely help their cause against Fortnite, which they just change the map. They're like, Hey, this thing happened. All right, go play, have fun, new new playgrounds and stuff. But they've done a good job where they have the two Titans that walk around. And they have destroyed some of the area. So some of the places you know is no longer there anymore. They've been crushed. They have new buildings around the area, around the whole map, which I think some of the sparse areas were just like kind of wide open fields have now have places where you can kind of go. Like there's towers and stuff, and there's little complexes that you can run through, and there's less... uh, Because, you know, the, the the wood structures, you can kind of shoot through some of the cracks. And now this one, you have more cover, but there's also windows that you can shoot through. So, you know, it's a minor trade-off. So seeing all this new stuff in these areas that I'm used to and kind of feared going to some of them, like, I've, I'm really impressed. It looks great. It feels good. Uh, they add a few verticality areas that just, again, help increase the fun of the map. And there's more weapons everywhere. Or at least it's more
0: evenly spread out. Oh, okay. So, so what do you think is the most significant change to the map? Like, where? Um
1: there's a lot. Yeah. Uh so you know the little ravine where you have bridges and stuff? Yeah. People jump down, it was always bridges. A huge. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's all destroyed. Yeah.
0: And so was it's like, not so day. is there less elevation there now? Is that how it's kind of uh, changed?
1: Yeah, it's more of a just like straight down, up and over. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, dude, that's that's crazy. And the and the obviously the Titans cut co- like they raise up sometimes and fall down, like creating I guess kind of showing that they're upset because that's the whole premise of it. Like yeah. all the all the animals or wildlife's upset. Yeah. So if you're underneath them, you get hit, but I don't see how that's even possible. They're like, yeah, it's like...
0: Oh, like did they raise their feet up and stuff in the yeah. game? Oh, interesting. Yeah.
1: So I thought this was going to be a evolution type thing where you have the map and then the Titans walk around destroying some of the area over time. But it's not like that. I'm a little upset. Because the Titans stay in one place the whole time, I'm just like, really,
0: really, you could do something really cool here. <laughs> yeah, I was, I, I figured they wouldn't do that. I actually didn't think they were even going to do as much as they you said they do with like right. the moving of the feet. I thought they were just going to be like, kind of just chilling there. Yeah, because you know the ones out in the distance, like that's all they were doing was just like chilling they there. They chill, yeah. But um, it is kind of a bummer that they didn't do that. So they still have the flying. Uh, yeah things right
1: so one of the added things is they have these flying these uh dragons flying drakes because they're not really dragons i feel like dragons are bigger drakes are smaller and they fly around and they'll steal your boxes of your friends if you're not quick enough to get their uh respawn beacon and then they'll take those chests and fly around and hold on to them until someone shoots them down so it's actually pretty nifty because even early on they have uh some of the birds have chests right so usually the blue, purple, or I guess sometimes, I haven't seen a gold, I don't think. And it's nice early on, like within the first five minutes, you can find one. Because like you get a weapon, you see them, they kind of follow the same path, it seems like. You shoot them down, you go get that gear, and usually it's like a, you get a backpack, or you get a shield, or you get like an awesome weapon. And so right off the bat, you're like good to go. You have a good head start, right? I think that's the whole point of it, too. So that's nice. And I just found out that because some of them are in cages around the area now. And so if they start going crazy when you're around them, that means that you have enemies nearby.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm
1: like, dude, that is awesome. Having those little cues and stuff was something I really enjoy in games because, I don't know, it just kind of makes you be more aware. Yeah. Because obviously people can sneak up on you pretty pretty easily. It makes the environment more alive. Yeah. And immersive.
0: Yeah um that's I'm, pretty cool i'm enjoying
1: it now and they have two uh um uh, drop pods come in right at the beginning of the beginning of the match oh really yep
0: oh instead of one or the ship or like the pods the pods oh wait where do they drop just like randomly, just randomly yeah oh yeah. so you I have a drop think, ship and then you have the two pods
1: i don't think i've seen the drop ship even move around to be honest with you
0: oh so they get rid of it
1: no they haven't got rid of it i i know when i i dropped one time at the water facility filtration plant and yeah. it was over there just huh. chilling interesting and it didn't move so i guess maybe i haven't played to replace
0: the drop ship with, with the, the drop, pods. drop pods yeah i kind of like the drop ship though. It's kind of cool idea but yeah oh yeah maybe it's just temporary or something like that Might interesting be. um so how about the uh the gun changes because i've heard that mozambique specifically has like new weapon mods or something that makes it yeah
1: the, the p2020 and the mozambique both, ha- both have a new mod called the hammer point rounds so it's a hop up, and you just throw them in there, and it just they do more damage to unshielded targets. Yeah, but the ones that really cool the disruptor rounds for the alternator and the re forty five, so they they knock down shields really quick. Really, so those are like for me, those are guns that I enjoy having already, and so now they're more of, have more of a reason to keep them in my arsenal. What was re forty five, and what was the other one? The alternator. Okay, so yeah. both submachine guns. So I like those guns already. Like they're I, they're probably like my go-to second or like alternate gun. Yeah. So, and then they have the L-Star EMG, which is the the big rifle. <laughs> I haven't picked that up yet. I had a chance to pick it up, but because it doesn't have a lot of ammo, I just kind of hesitant to to get it. Yeah. You know, but uh, apparently it really tears through people. Apparently yeah. you could tear through a squad pretty quick with that gun. Wow. I was like, damn. Yeah. I've been killed many
0: times with that. Last question. Yes. Watson. Yes. Have you played Watson? I played Watson. How do you feel about Watson? I like her. I just have to get
1: used to her. Okay. I feel like at this point we've played enough to kind of understand like what characters are we enjoy and how to use them you know, proficiently. Yeah. Or at least in a, in a way where we can survive a few rounds of combat. But with her, it's uh, you have to be way more tactical. Yeah. And having those fences are nice because you can really cut off stuff. But I think she's so new. I'm sure people are already used to her, but for me it's like there's it's so run and gun I feel like in the, the past season that it's hard to get that okay you have to now consciously
0: think okay we got to slow set down up these right. things and be methodical choke about points, where they go yeah
1: Create barriers and early on I think they really help but at the same time you kind of just you're still moving a lot you know yeah. there's no, you're not really holding the spot unless it's towards the end of the game right yeah that's true and I yeah. also just found out that you could uh, cuz if you get the uh, um, Dang, what's it called? The thing that speeds up your your super? I already forgot. Oh, the uh, accelerant. Ultimate yeah, accelerant. Yeah. So if you get that, obviously, uh, well, not obviously, but it gets you your your ultimate quick, like instantly. So you go all the way to 100 percent with just one. So if you hold, if you carry three of those things, you can put three of those ultimates down at one time. Now, the
0: is the, the fence an ultimate, no, or the the, fence. F- the the ultimate is like an ultimate. Like beacon thing, right? Yeah. Let me see if I can find it in here. It doesn't like block off people from coming in or something like that. No, or just, does it just uh do something to people that come in. So does barrages. It like, okay. So barrages will it'll
1: stop the barrages from hitting your you in a certain area. So it cancels out that and also cancels out grenades.
0: Okay. Okay. So That's it's cool. very good. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and so someone mentioned that you can do like if you're holding a, a three story building, you can put one in each level so they can't throw stuff in there, they can't, you know. Oh my gosh. And it recharges your shield over time. Yeah. So I'm like, dude, that is really good. Wow. Huh. So if you're pinned down and you put three of those out, potentially, it can help a lot.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. I I really enjoy what she can do, and I think she is going to change a lot of stuff. Also, Caustic and uh, Gibraltar have... uh, Better hitboxes? No, I think they take less damage, fifteen percent less damage. Okay, cool. But then I think Lifeline and not yeah Mirage. I think they take five percent more damage. So kind of balancing out those people a little bit.
0: I might just play Gibraltar again and see if it's better. Yeah, and then, so I did feel like I went down pretty quick for being a tank-like character.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. They they kind of brought them back a little bit, but with uh. The new character, it kind of casts (laughs) out his awesome attack, is also ultimate. So uh, I haven't really played enough to see how, you know, everyone clashes together. But uh, it's been fun. Yeah. Like I'm back in it. It's nice, man. It's nice.
0: Sweet. Well, I can't wait to play it. I had a supper time. Shout out supper time. uh, Messaged me last night. I was like, hey, man, you want to jump in and be be our third for this game? I'm like, no, I got to work on a presentation. I was really bummed, but I got to get into it sometime this week. I'm pretty excited. So, well, that's awesome. Glad to see it's better and improved and invigorates folks a little bit.
1: But the question is, how long will this last?
0: That's a good question. How's the uh, battle pass? It's good.
1: Yeah. It's the same as last time. I mean, are they better
0: skins and stuff like now, like more appealing? The main
1: main thing that's different now is you can do the drop-in emotes. Oh yeah, those are super cool. Right. So everyone has their own drop in emote, and then you have to get to the end level to get all of them for because there's only one for everybody. So you have to get up to I forgot, there's eighty or ninety levels. So but you can also purchase levels as well if you want to. So I went ahead and spent thirty dollars instead of ten.
0: Damn so I jumped
1: to twenty five and I already got caustic. Caustic is the first one you get
0: damn, son, you spent $30 and you spent it on the last pack, too. You spent $40 on this game.
1: Yep. Damn. It's worth it. I enjoy these people. That's good. Yeah, like, they have a good game. They have a good game plan. They're not trying to, you know... Still, all of her money, unlike EA, is surprisingly they're not doing it either. And I was going to say it I is EA, but I know, I know, yeah, but it's not like in your face, yeah, yeah. Like other other games are like,
0: you hear that EA? We're actually giving you some kudos. Uh,
1: I know, but again, they done a good thing, and you know they have a lot of cool skins. And if you get the extra pack or like the advanced pack, which is thirty dollars, you get extra skins as well on top of that for other people. Nice, so, nice, yeah, I beat it, man.
0: Well, that's going to wrap it up for the games we played this week. If you want to play games with us each and every week, you can join us on our Discord channel. Check out that link in the show notes. And if you like what you hear, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast app and tell a friend. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with our video game news. You're
1: listening to The internet.
0: It is time for Video Game News. In this segment, we share the best headlines from the week in the game industry. And guess what, everybody? The Cuphead Show is coming to Netflix! Man, who saw that coming? I didn't. Actually, I kind of did. Did I was thinking about it. I knew somebody would do it at some point. Because I just felt like this is such a thing that's built for being a TV show. Because it's basically modeled. It's literally modeled after a TV show. 1930s animation. And now it's been announced that Cuphead is coming to Netflix with a joint announcement from Netflix, King Features, and Cuphead's developer, Studio MDHR. Um, So this is going to feature 1930s animation, according to IGN. And uh, it's going to be hand-drawn, though not entirely to paper. So not fully hand-drawn, but... uh, Studio um uh Netflix is gonna have their own in house animation studio do this, not studio MDHR the H R. Wow. But uh they're basically licensing the content. So That's cool. Um <laughs> and uh, Cuphead co-creator Chad Moldenhauer told IGN in a phone interview quote we are not going to be animating this ourselves because it would never be finished <laughs> uh, the current goal is to stay as far away from computer assisted puppeteer animation as possible the idea will still be that every frame is drawn, hand drawn but probably not on paper it's going to be hand drawn but digitally try digital as he says so um, yeah it's going to be an animated series it's going to be family friendly Um safe for kids, but written. So there are also things that adults will find funny. So it appeals to a wider audience. Um, so it's not a kid's cartoon. It's designed for both a little bit, a little bit of both. Very cool. Um, so yeah, they're going to have a, uh, you know, the cup coming out and it's going to feature both characters from the, the game. And um, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty excited. I think, I think it'll be a good one. Um, you know, can't go wrong with that. What do you think about this?
1: Uh, I mean, been successful. Great. I haven't, I haven't played the game yet. You haven't played it yet at all? No. It just doesn't seem like my type of game. Really? I just don't like, I don't like that. Porqué? Old... What? Porqué? Porqué? Yeah. Why'd you say porqué? Does that mean why? <laughs> no, I know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> you just never say Spanish because I just don't like that time period look. Like, I, I appreciate the aesthetic. I appreciate that they've done so much hard work to make it what it is. And that's awesome. Like, for someone, for people to have that kind of passion is, is great because that, that is not an easy task, what they did. Um, but it's just not my kind of game, man.
0: Well, I'll tell you this it is hard as shit. I know. So I've, I've I seen agree. people play it. It's not my kind of game either. <laughs> I tried and I failed miserably on stream. So yeah. it was oh, yeah. really, really bad. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's got people behind it like uh, Emmy Award winning producer Dave Wasson of Mickey Mouse fame, Cosmo Sergison of Rocco's Modern Life. And then um, supervising directors are Clay Morrow from Mickey Mouse as well. And Adam Poloian of SpongeBob SquarePants. So people in the animation industry that have made some things happen are working on this. So Very cool. Should be cool. I'm, I'm pretty hyped about that. Um, hopefully it comes to fruition because obviously, as Austin can tell, Stranger Things 3, season 3 was good. However, I did hear that the game is kind of not good. Yeah. I didn't it's think like it a be. worse version of the series. So <laughs> that's what people said. <laughs> uh, I read that on like a tweet today. I was like, Oh gosh, that's awful. Um, all right. So uh, I forgot to post about national video game day. I feel a terrible about that, but that was on Monday, July 8th. So uh, on that day, according to Kotaku, Nike came out and is making Nintendo 64 sneakers. Um, these are Nike's Air Max 97 And they are inspired by Nintendo 64. They got the colors and everything to match that vintage style. Um, You got the Air Max logo at the heel, putting the power and reset buttons on the tongue. So each shoe has, one shoe has power, the other shoe has reset on it. So that's kind of interesting. And uh, modified ESRB logos on the insoles that has designed in 1997 and then it's got the Nike logo and instead of it being like the rating it's just like kind of etched out with like the Nike logo. Yeah. Um, they'll be $160. So if you want to get yourself some Nintendo 64 shoes, there you have it.
1: This doesn't st- strike me as N64
0: because just the inspired. console was black,
1: right? And they have like red trim for the tongues, and then the main shoe is gray, and then they have some more trim, uh, green and blue, around going around the shoe. And I'm like, is this supposed to be like the controller? But then the contro- they're missing the yellow from the controller.
0: Well, the yellow's on the, the sole, the no, bottom of it. That That's just, the yellow. No. That's the buttons, and then no. the, the green this is the not. button on the controller, and then the blue is the other color on the controller, no. and no. the red is no. the red button on the controller. And the power and
1: the reset... Uh, font is seems like it's from Super Nintendo, because they had the power and the reset, and that's what it kind of looks like. I mean, it's cool that the the inside it's set for the for the souls it has a designed or the ESRB looking logo. I think that's really cool. And I guess the the Air Max the logo on the back of the heel has is kind of like the Nintendo style sixty four logo that they had. That like you you see in Mario Kart when it spins a little bit. Like, they have some homages, but I wouldn't say this is designed after the N64. Well, it they made, is, awesome. I know, they made the official so you mention were wrong. of the console. I, I don't know. Um, this just, just doesn't seem like it to me. Yeah, the
0: power on the reset similar, except on the actual original 64, the power on the reset was not italicized. It exactly. was vertical. It was not. Um, but it is the same font. It's just slightly. So I think it was just, maybe they never even teamed up with the N64, and they were just like, hey, this is based on it. Uh, but does it say if it's they, they teamed up with Nintendo? I mean,
1: this strikes me as like Super Nintendo.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, no. So they didn't make an official mention of the console um, because it's oh, they not, don't make it yeah, yeah, okay. I so gotcha. it's not really that, but it's basically inspired by that era. I gotcha. So okay. that's well, what that they're makes going more for. sense.
1: Sorry, I read that wrong then.
0: Yeah, so you're wrong. So, so they said so. they
1: made an official mention of the console. They did no, no not. they did not make an official mention of the
0: console, but it's basically Nintendo 64 shoe. So, yeah, it's uh, it's weird. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I guess it's everybody's like I just saw the other day that freaking Disney is doing like Mulan again just to renew their copyright. So it's like everybody's just like rehashing old stuff because I guess it's that time to rehash old stuff. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's like, why make this shoe? Why bring it back or whatever? Like
0: and it's one hundred sixty dollars, man. Yeah. That's gonna be like the next big shoot to watch. I mean, I'm sure, go Luis,
1: least if you're if you're watching or listening, we know you you're going to get this shoe. Luis loves. Um,
0: I'm gonna reach out kinds of, to these, these kind of shooting. shoes. Oh yeah. yeah, I know he is.
1: Find he, out. I know he wants on. it. I know he wants it.
0: All right, so I thought this next article was kind of interesting. I just want to bring it up briefly, but I found it to be very exciting. Uh, Destructoid has reported that uh, there's a new Turot game in development, and uh, it came out of nowhere. And it is not a shooter. It's actually like a little, very cutesy art style isometric game. And it's totally not what I expected at all. But it came from any developer, Pillow Pig. And it's published by Universal Studios Interactive Entertainment. It's called Turok Escape from Lost Valley. And it's more an adaptation of the comic series. Now, Austin, did you know that Turok was based off of a comic?
1: I had no idea. I didn't either. I think that makes sense. I think I own a comic of Turok.
0: Because I always thought it was like an original IP that they brought out in 64. But it's not. It's based off of a comic series. Um... So this is an isometric viewpoint and cooperative gameplay in which um, essentially what you do is uh, go around and you are these little cutesy little characters. And it's a third person action adventure where the player is Turok trying to find their way back home. The player explores their strange place with Andar and it will take all their skills to survive the environment, creatures and other dangers of the adventure through the Lost Valley. Kind of reminds me of like a cutesy version of uh of like uh what's that game that people liked? Um, it was cooperative. It started as a single player, and they made it a cooperative later on.
1: Uh, something with dead, don't starve. Don't starve. Don't
0: starve together is what it kind of reminds me of, except with a different art style. Right, because it's like kind of survivally, but not. I mean, action adventure game. So it's probably like kind of akin to um. Now what's that other game that we saw that? Uh, has the fox that you play as? Oh, yeah. Uh, Zelda light game, animal real. No, no, the uh, oh, Zelda light game, the fox, oh, tunic, tunic. There you go. Yeah. yeah,
1: tunic without the 3D. Yep,
0: yep, yep. So, um, yeah, what do you think about this? Do you think it's would you play it? Interested, uh, intrigued?
1: I mean, I think the art style looks cool. I don't know. I guess if I gave it a try, I might like it, but right off the bat, it just doesn't seem like
0: anything I'm too interested in comes out july 25th that's like quick I mean, it just like was announced and now it's hey it's coming out
1: i don't think it's marketed to me <laughs> you know what i mean yeah so i mean it's made by universal surprising or part or of it published, published yeah. yeah i mean if it's if it works that's awesome i'm happy for him
0: well you're not human then i I'm guess saying. i'm not <laughs> man well uh, that's funny
1: good way to take me down to peg brit i know right I yeah it.
0: there you go there you go man um so Austin, you remember Cliff Blazensky? <laughs> How could I forget? Man, you remember this guy? Cool so he B. was like, he made Gears of War. Yeah. He uh and then he made you know Lawbreakers, and then he made that other game, Radical Heights, that was based off of Battle Royale, oh, and then he just disappeared and he's like, I'm done with the Good. world of gaming. Good. And I'm out. I'm out. But he's actually been like super busy. So I, I saw this on GameSpot. And I was just like, really, just this is kind of one of those really random things you don't expect. Because Cliff Splasinski is one of those household names that's up there in the echelon of like, you know, um, uh, Ken Levine and Hideo Kojima. And like, he's a name that people know. I don't know about um, Ken
1: Levine, but Hideo Kojima, yes.
0: <laughs> I think Ken Levine's a bit like smaller than Hideo Kojima, but. That's true. Yeah. 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 You're right. Yeah. But, I mean, like, in that, of like names, like, Individual game people that yes. you actually know their name, right. which Todd, uh, Howard. Todd Howard, yeah. Um, um, yeah, I mean, you have Corey Barlog Todd. is now on that list, but sure. he used to not be beforehand. Right. So, right. but Cliff Blazinski is in that, like Cliffy B, like he's in that. Um, so all this stuff happened. He was like, I'm done making video games, I'm not gonna get anymore. So now, um, he's been doing something that I never would have expected him to do, which is uh. He's working in theater. Like he's he's he invested. So he apparently I didn't know this. So he invested. Obviously he invested in Epic. Um he was early starter of Epic because he created Gears. So I mean he did some good stuff. Like Gears is a game that's lived on forever. Um so he made a bunch of money off of Epic when he left and uh you know had his stock and stuff like that. And then he was also an early investor in Oculus. Before they got sold to Facebook.
1: Wow! So
0: with those two things, he made like a shit ton of money off of yes. it. Yes. Which is why he <laughs> yes. was able to like safely go and start his own company, and then have it fail and <laughs> fall flat on its face, and still be able to get back up. So then he went and invested and became a producer for a play called Hades Town. Ha- yeah, Hades Town, and it won eight Tony Awards, which is a lot. Wow. Including best musical, and uh, that was a huge victory for him. Obviously. And then after that, he went on and was approached to co-produce another Broadway play, a new version of Terrence McNally's Frankie and Johnny in the Clair de Lune, which stars Oscar nominees Michael Shannon and Audra McDonald. And this is coming from May to the end of August. And um, he said his name is in the playbill, which is really exciting. So it's a Broadway musical that he's basically co-producing. I was like, that's crazy. And then uh, additionally, he's working on his memoir, it's trying to get it all together, and it's going to be a book that's basically like Kitchen Confidential, Confidential for the gaming industry. So, what happens behind the scenes in professional gaming studios? So, I think that could be interesting. That's it could be cool. kind of like the uh, Blood, Sweat, and Pixels that you know. Um, uh, Jason Schreier put out. Right. Um, so I think, I mean, he's been in it so long that he definitely could provide some good insight on that. I'm anxious to see what this memoir kind of falls into. And he's also in the restaurant business. He's invested in the Raleigh Beer Garden and the station in Raleigh, North Carolina. So it's crazy to me that here we have a guy who is in the games industry, had a big screw up, and then has been able to like completely shift into other realms and find huge success. So it's like, moral of the story is if you see something coming your way, and one thing's not working out, you can pivot and still survive as long as you invested in Oculus and made just a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah. Or just in general. Like, yeah. I just think you can do it in, in general. Well, so, like I was
1: saying, especially when Lawbreakers or, or uh, Radical Heights came out, it was like, dude, just go away.
0: Just go away.
1: Honestly, not- I, th-
0: I think Radical Heights had a lot of legs. I feel like it could have survived had it been a different time and a place.
1: Oh, yeah. He, he just kept getting late to the game. Yeah. You know?
0: Because, like, it didn't bring anything new to the table. The Because Fortnite was already out. So, like, it was too... It had that same kind of personality as Fortnite. And it didn't bring anything new to the table in regards to, like, gameplay. Like right. Apex did. Right. So, I think that's why it wasn't able to succeed. Yeah. And that's kind of a bummer for them. Yeah. So...
1: Well, I'm just glad that he's doing something else. He's got out of the industry. Because he, ca- he left. He came back. He came back failed i was like man just don't come back i appreciate everything he's done for the gaming industry because he's helped moving along at key moments in time and so it's like you've done your job just just go and i'm glad to see that he's being successful in other places so living
0: the dream man living the dream living the dream you know who else is living the dream Mr. Patrick Sutherland himself oh geez uh, if y'all remember from back many many episodes ago we talked about Patrick Sutherland uh, who is who was formerly the president uh, CEO of dice um, the people behind battlefield and uh, he left to go start a new venture and he went off to start embark on a new adventure a new adventure called Embark. Uh So, Uh haha, get that. Uh And, uh, we talked about what he was trying to do and how he was really excited about streaming technology and like all these new changes in technology. Mm -hmm. And, um, as of last week, uh, GameSpot has reported that, uh, his studio Embark has been acquired by Nexon. The folks from over the other side of the pond who are all about free-to-play games and make oh, a geez. bunch of a bunch of things. Oh, geez. And uh, they have bought into his company and now own 66.1% of Embark's shares. Oh,
1: geez. Um, <laughs>
0: so they used to have 32.8%. Now they've invested more. And now Embark is uh, owned by Nexon. And um, with that, Embark is a subsidiary now of Nexon. And Sutherland has joined their board of directors as part of the company's first investment into Embark. Um, so yeah, they, uh, they were excited when they bought this, they were like, Hey, they've made huge progress and Patrick Sutherland has been a huge essential part in driving the vision forward. So let's bring them close together. And, uh, they share similar worldviews. Both our companies know, uh, this is, uh, quotes from the CEO, Owen Mahoney from Nexon CEO and president Owen Mahoney. He said, both our companies know that game development needs an overhaul and we're both convinced that new technology methodologies and perspectives will completely reshape what games can become. um, And then currently, Embark is working on at least two games, one of which is free to play cooperative action game set in the distant future. And then it's coming together and um, it's about overcoming seemingly impossible odds by working together. Um, You know, know, Brad, we've heard similar
1: words spoken before by a major gaming company. Oh, yeah. What is that? Xbox and (laughs) Connect. We're going to change the world, change gaming forever. And fall flat on our face. Yeah. Um, Like, if you think about it, I, I feel like VR was a big push, right? For, like, changing the game a little bit. And even it is kind of struggling. I mean, it's still moving along, which is good. And hopefully in the future it becomes something amazing that really does change the game in a big, big way. But I just don't see, like, thinking of, like, how the game could be changed. I don't know how that's even possible. The only thing I could think of, and this is just me being kind of negative about it, is... Maybe they're trying to change the game in a way where they can make money off of free-to-play games and Battle Royale games or whatever with microtransactions in a way that's not as intrusive, hopefully, but also very tempting to do it. So, you know, in a way that makes it easier for people to grasp on to those kind of practices without being so, you know, egregiously upset about them, I guess. Yeah. Which we should be. Is what, I'm not saying we shouldn't be, but... I mean, how, how would they change the game? Like, I can't think of anything.
0: Well, so it says in the article here that they, so most of their studio, three-fourths of them are working on a new game, that cooperative free-to-play action game. Okay, And uh, they have about 80 developers in their shop. But the other quarter of them, they have another internal team that's working on a platform that will help a broader group of people make games. So this platform is said to be something that will let anybody create interactive experiences with no prior experience with game development tools. So think dreams, but in an application of some kind. Um, So they're working on this. They've got kind of the core of it established and built. And obviously they have a lot of stuff to do. But one of the things that they worked on that's also really hard in game making is animating things. Um, They said that they're working on building an AI system that uses physics to create animations automatically. So you can like just tell it to do like this to this and it'll just like make everything happen. I think is my understanding. Um, so they're
1: going to change stuff behind the scenes.
0: Uh, yes. So they're, they're trying to make it where gaming is more accessible. So they have a demo on their website of a character whose walking animations uh, for a spider were automatically generated without any manual input. And it doesn't look terrible. Um, it wow. actually kind of works. So, um, That's cool. Yeah, it's, it's pretty fascinating. Um, so, yeah, that's part of what they're working on is like, let's make games even more accessible to people. Maybe, I mean, I think that's that's eventually what's going to happen so that there's more creativity that can come out and, like, advance further and further. And then at the same time, they're working on a game that's actually going to hopefully bring them more money while they're working on this other piece of technology. Gotcha. So, yeah.
1: Well, that makes more sense then. <laughs> in that yeah. way, they really will change gaming. Not maybe, in the way that maybe. I was expecting. Yeah, to
0: be. yeah, because I thought they were going to get it in the streaming stuff, but yeah. maybe they decided to back yeah. out of that. But it's weird that he was able to, like, leave and then embark on a new journey and start a studio that has grown this big so fast. Um, that's pretty impressive. And and then you get acquired that fast. I mean, we just talked about this like less than a year ago. Right. Um, that video is still out there and it's like, now it's like, bam, they just got bought out. So here
1: it is. That's interesting, man. I mean, he, he is a good mind. You know, he's a good mind to have on your team. Yeah. I feel like. I mean,
0: and, I feel like he's the big reason that Battlefield did what they did. I mean, they grew from like nothing to like one of the biggest franchises out there. Yeah. And then EA came and fucked it all up. But he did a pretty good job with it in most for the most part.
1: Well, maybe he won't be like our boy Cliffy B. Screw it up.
0: Yeah. So far, he's on a, on a pretty good track record. So <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see so. what happens. We'll see. But uh yeah so that's going to wrap it up for the news we have today Uh, if you want to watch these in video format check out our youtube channel at youtube.com slash the inner gamer and subscribe and bang that bell to get the videos as they launch stay tuned we'll be right back with our discussion topic
1: you're listening to
0: Welcome back everybody. Each week we break down a hot topic in the gaming industry and this week we're going to talk about a supposed leak about Grand Theft Auto 6, but it was later found out that it very well could possibly be fake. We're going to talk about it anyway because it's really fascinating and it leads into a conversation that we more importantly want to talk about, which is what do we want for the next GTA 6 Red Dead Redemption 2 just came out not too long ago last year. As a matter of fact, Um, it's in the running. Red Dead Online isn't as you know big, I feel like, as people thought it would be. GTA Online is still running strong, but it's been six years since we've had GTA Man. release. Yes. It's been a long time, and I feel like we're about to have a moment where they should talk about it a little bit yes. in some capacity within right. the next... I mean, maybe it won't be that way. Maybe we'll go 10 years like we did with Red Dead Redemption before we hear anything about it, but I think it's a good time to dive into a little bit and see if it's true and if these leaks are true which they very well might not be it sounds amazing and i feel like this could totally be possible though in next generation dude Um, yes yeah all right so going through a couple of this this is from uh gamesradar.com but originally the leaks were released on reddit from some people that said they had reliable sources that Um, had this information and were leaking it on the interwebs. But it's said that the game is set in 70s, 80s Brazil, inspired by Netflix's Narcos, and it's next-gen only. And it's going to have four main characters working way up a drug cartel and a split storyline. A couple of the more details is that it's codenamed Project Americas. It's going to be set in Vice City, so they would be bringing Vice City back in a new fictional location based on Rio de Janeiro. Um, and then, uh, the game is going to balance realism and arcade. it will have a playable protagonist. Um, you play as up up and coming drug Lord wannabe Ricardo and uh, another key character's name is Casey. You start off as a grunt doing drug runs, cocaine smuggling in vice city, and then expand outward to larger, bigger areas such as South America where you make connections with the big time drug Lords and work your way up into multiple places. Um, there's gonna be a heavy focus on weather, hurricanes and floods, for example. Um, they want a very awesome 70s, 80s soundtrack. Um, the drug empire building is a mechanic, similar to Vice City Stories, but bigger. Think uh, GTA Online, but much, much larger. Um, you can have, only have weapons on your person, no arsenal in your back pocket like RDR2. Uh, your personal vehicle will be like your horse saddle in Red Dead Redemption the car, uh, basically all your equipment is stored in the trunk and you also store your body armor in the car. If you wear it, it appears no longer just an invisible thing. And, um, there's gonna be a lot of subtitles. So stuff like Max Payne, because it's all in other languages uh, or another language. So you might see a lot of that happening. And then, uh, last little bit, it'll discuss topics such as HIV, the immigration crisis, and a fictional version of Fidel Castro. um, So that is a little bit about what was revealed in this story. And I mean, like, dude, I would this sounds like a really interesting game. I mean, I don't know how like it's bad that I'm like, I really want to be a drug lord in this video game, but I really want to be a drug lord in video game. You
1: have hype around that. And this was I mean, it's true that the start development in 2012, it didn't really officially start to 2015. Then they caught on to this trend of, you know. Who would have thought that Netflix would bring out this great series that people actually enjoy a lot and that that could spearhead this game. If this really is what they're making into something that could be really interesting. So I think it's, uh, I mean, it's right on the coattails of something very successful. So that, that could really help out. I mean, people are already familiar with that time era and what's going on. And I think it'd be really interesting, interesting to explore all that. Um, I mean, we get to go back to vice city. If that's true, that would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, that That's one of the best GTAs I remember playing growing up, you know. Because <clears throat> uh, what was it? Two? Two was good. GTA yeah. two? Yeah. Like, obviously, first was kind. Wait, three? Three? Yeah. Yes. Three. Two was top down. Three was. Right, right, right. Three, three. Yeah. yeah. Play a lot of that. But then when Vice City came out. I was like, dude, this is awesome. Yeah. Hundreds of hours in that game, you know. Yeah. Great time period, you know, great music, all this stuff. And for them to bring it in current year, they could do a lot of interesting stuff. A lot of interesting things.
0: I would love to see that. I think like Rio de Janeiro would be a really interesting setting to have some of that stuff. And then it having Vice City with that, like we right on the ocean with the water and like the Hawaiian shirt stuff going on. And like that oh, yeah. 70s, 80s era. Um, oh, yeah. One of the things talked about how like the cars would like as time went on in the story, the cars would also change with the timeline. I feel like that would be way ambitious for them to do. Like, hey, let's just design a whole slew of cars as like time progresses that are only usable in certain areas of the timeline. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's still really intriguing, but like, you know, GTA five was really cool in that it introduced, I mean, the bank heists were a big deal. Um, so that was really exciting. It had, uh, the multiple characters you could play as, um, and switch in between them all the time on the fly. Uh, that was really like, unlike anything you've ever seen before. And I, I, Feel like some of this stuff makes sense. It seems like an ev- a nice evolution of it. Um, another, another guy um, named Fireden also released some other stuff that kind of contradicts a little bit about what we talked about, but also solidifies a little bit. Um, he says the game set back in Liberty City, modern day. Um, the plot is in the beginning of the game is reminiscent of The Wire. Uh, police are trying to crack down a gang drug ring based around a nightclub, and there are four main characters, two police and two gang members, to be playing as both good guy and bad guy. Um, the plot then twists and turns and goes to upstate New York, where it becomes more crime noir, such as Ozark and Breaking Bad style, and then uh, it will have twice the amount of dialogue as GTA V. Uh, the main storyline splits after a while. The criminal side has sort of a sandbox, build-up of it, a crime empire thing, Fallout 4 meets The Sims, where the police side is more of a traditional action game with a little twist of LA Noir. Um, that sounds like a little too ambitious in my book in some of those regards. Like, you know, all the twat, plot twisting, storyline changing kinds of things. Like, I don't know, it seems like a lot of stuff to digest and build out in the amount of time that they've had though so far. Yeah. But right. I definitely could see us doing like a time, like, a passage through time in the game. So you start out in the seventies and you move in the eighties and like seeing that progression happen and then having multiple locations that are not near each other. Like I like that idea of, you know, whereas GTA five, you had like the desert land up in the top and then you have the big city down below. Um, I like this idea of making it to where you have two separate locations that you basically like hop on a plane to then transport over to that other whole new Island and basically, Both of them are like massive in size, but are separate in different, completely different ecosystems, essentially. Right.
1: Well, I think they're going to need to change up a lot of stuff from the last one. Uh, Even, I think, Red Dead. They have some weird, they've always had this interesting, I don't want to call it mechanic. The way that the characters move and walk or respond to the controls have always been this weird, clunky rag dolly effect and i don't understand why and it hasn't changed um that's something i've always wanted to see different within their games i think five was the last one that i was really like okay let's uh i'm done with this <laughs> we kind of we got it in red dead but it wasn't as bad and I'm hoping that they can fix that now and if we're gonna do something like gta like i know it's supposed to be like over the top you know kind of um satire on our world and stuff like that. And You know, they just go way over the top and make it like, you know, oh, conspiracies, this is a conspiracy guy, or like, this is sex and drugs, which is fine, right? Yeah, I like to see something more closer to, to real life and something that's a little deeper in character and stuff. Yeah. And I think a lot of the way that the, the game transitioned from cutscene to gameplay to, you know, in-game uh, dialogue when you're on the run and just, you know, traveling from point A to point B... Uh, I think that could all be way more cinematic. And now that obviously it's 2019, I think that's something that they could easily do at this point to make it a more cinematic story. Um, but I guess it just kind of depends on what they're trying to focus on. Because this is a really cool period of time with interesting people and characters. And I think if they really focus on that and do, uh, I guess, kind of a God of War thing where the camera never cuts, it could be really, really interesting. That'd be crazy uh, if they pulled that
0: off. Unless you die. Yeah. Yeah. Then
1: you have to come back. I
0: don't know if they'd be able to pull that off, but that'd right. be really crazy if they were yeah. able to pull it yeah. off. Because that is one of the things that has bothered me is like it's a very clear, you know, you walk in a room and then you cut to a cutscene. And then like that this cutscene plays out and then you're back outside and you're just standing there. And you're like, Okay, now I gotta move. But it could have been just previously a very intense kind of situation. And sometimes like, you know, like there was a part where I forgot the guy's name, but the one that had the big house that had the kid and the wife and the wife left them for the yoga instructor. And then you have the kid, the both of the kids that were just like crazy. And uh, yeah, yeah. there's a the part where I think he was arguing with somebody or like threw somebody out. And then he comes like kind of stumbling out as they switch from cutscene to real life. And like, so they, they've they tried to transition those together, but because it's not seamless, right. it still doesn't exactly do it right.
1: I mean, it still seems like they're using that engine that they've always used to some degree. Uh, maybe they've modified it over time. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they've definitely uh,
0: done some change. I because... Mean, Man, that old engine they used to have, oh, it's bad. And then oh. GTA Four came out like that looked really good, and then yeah. it got better. Yeah. And but yeah, they've never been able to improve the gun mechanics or anything like that, like the gunplay, the movement. Um, and I think part of that is a realism thing because they do move kind of realistically in some capacity. Like whenever you turn on a dime and like go back to the direction, like there is that lag time because right. of the fact that you're stopping right. momentum and then going the other way. But um, I just
1: feel like I'm moving jelly. You yeah, know, all the time. I mean, like, it was just
0: a ball of rolling jelly. It's just like, like Game B
1: style. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like I'm drunk playing that game. It just bothers me.
0: Maybe you are drunk playing that game. Well, never that's very possible. <laughs> at some, certain
1: points in time, that's very possible.
0: You're literally drunk in Red Dead Redemption 2 right. at some point. <laughs> that literally <laughs> yeah. happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I really want to see them capitalize... Like I've always loved the worlds that they've created. Like that's one thing I like about GTA more than most open world games that I play, is that you know there's there's a lot of personality happening inside the world. Um, but I would like to see them do something less, less like hey you're a really terrible bad person, and more in line with like you know if this second le- leak is accurate, the idea that there's two police and two gang members that could be really cool. Seen it from both sides. Oh
1: yeah, and playing That'd as a police great. officer
0: and having to like kind of follow the rules a little bit um, could be interesting because like whenever they you know spun off Rockstar spun off uh, with LA Noir and you were a detective like that was a f- that was a fun game. Yeah, um, and I think it was really really nicely done and they could I like to see them kind of use. I mean, granted the game is called Grand Theft Auto, so you know it's like they gotta make it where it's you're a bad guy, but maybe
1: you're undercover. I don't know. It yeah, doesn't mean as much. But still, I mean, you're still trying to hold up the law, or whatever. You could be
0: like a dirty cop or something like that. Yeah. That kind of like goes both ways, like yeah. upholds the law, but also kind of pushes the limits a little bit. Um, well, if
1: you're a dirty cop, you just push the limits.
0: That's true, I guess. Yeah, you,
1: you just use <laughs> you use your power as power.
0: Yeah, you use use your power against the world. Yeah, um, but I
1: guess what I want to see it more like was Mafia Three. Mafia Three had a good like. Oh uh, yeah. You know, Down to earth story with great characters and great character development, even though the gameplay wasn't that great and the story kind of tra- drug on in some places. But I mean, I think there's a lot of good stuff there that GTA six can take from. Yeah. And I feel like that their stories are always way too long. Is that just me?
0: They can they get that point. They just, like, when you get drag to like that three fourths of the way through the storyline, yeah. like it definitely gets okay, you should have ended this like a little bit ago. Right, right. Um because there's a lot of fluff stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Like you go from this really badass chase mission to the next next mission you're like driving your kid around, which eventually turns into a chase mission. But like the lead up to it was just doing stupid stuff. right? Or like there's one part where like you're coming home and you're like going outside to do yoga. And that's like a whole game mode. I'm like, I understand that they're trying to immerse you into this world a little bit. But like as a gamer, I don't want to do that stuff. Right. I want to be out there. Racing around, driving the cars, doing this, doing that, like doing intense action-based things, not as much, just like you know, doing yoga. Right. Outside. If
1: they really take what um, Narcos did, you know, there's a lot, there's there's a lot, there's a lot of stakes, right? And if you can carry those stakes through the whole game, which I think is very possible, I mean, it can make a very compelling game, you know? Yeah. And I I don't think Red Dead did that as much because I fell off of it. I never finished it. You know. Because it still had the same style and structure that other Rockstar games have, and it's just like it's too long. Some of the missions are kind of stupid, and I just don't want to play this. You know?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. God of
1: War is uh, it's not short, but it's definitely sweet to the point. Yeah. And it gets you—you you have the same game pay, play loop throughout the whole game that makes it interesting with the characters pulling you through.
0: It's lean. It's got just enough that it needs, but doesn't overstay its welcome. Right. But that's right. the problem that people have with Days Gone was that, you know, it should have been a game that was 10 hours long, but instead it was a game that was 30 or 40 hours long. Ugh, so it's too much. <laughs> yeah, it's just like overly done. And and all Rockstar games definitely have that issue for sure. Yep. Like they have some yep. stuff and some of the stuff I enjoy doing, like don't get me wrong, like there's some missions that are like really lame and like busy work stuff, but I do kind of enjoy them on occasion, but not too much. Yeah. Like I don't want it to get over overwhelming. But, but the early
1: missions in Red Dead Red Dead 2 were, were really good. Yeah. You know, really building up the story. It just eventually carry on. It's like, oh, yeah, this is all about your posse and you're hanging out and making a home for yourself and trying to build that up. And obviously things go awry, but it's like that that point of like between the main conflicts. It's just so boring. Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. They,
0: they, they could do... My biggest hope is that the Breaking Bad slash Narcos like rumor is true. So I think if they were to combine those two ideas together, they could produce a really, really compelling story that they have never explored before. But it's always like, you know, regular. Joe criminals that are doing criminally things and then they build up like the last one was really good at you're building up to like freaking bank heists like you're robbing massive bank institutions and that was pretty intense right and this kind of follows i mean if they are trying to one-up that last game this could be what that is and if you are trying to build up these drug cartels like that could easily lead into gta online kind of component so a bunch of people say this leak isn't accurate like i could definitely see this being a possibility in this world and right. again that period piece is so crucial cuz like red dead people appreciate it because it captured that moment so well and i think gta definitely shines when they capture those those period moments like gta 5 i think that's one of the lacking things in it was that it wasn't really a period piece but gta vice city that's what it did like it captured the what was the yeah, 80s. 80s it was like it captured that stuff so so well right and then GTA four did a really good job. It didn't really, it wasn't like a period piece, but it did a good job at capturing a different group of people that we weren't used to seeing. These like Russian dude, this guy that just came off the boat and was like trying to make a life for himself. And like, what is he going to do? Well, he's going to eventually resort to criminal activity of some kind. And like seeing that perspective, um, the deep side of it, you know, it was, it was really, really well done, really well produced. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah. So I'm, think if they return to that kind of mentality of like let's see a an underbelly that we haven't seen before right um, would really really drive it home
1: that definitely change the pacing of their stories
0: yeah it just, yeah.
1: I, yeah yeah it's getting repetitive at this point you know it was great when I was younger. It was great when we were all younger, you know, playing yeah. that game, having that open world and really getting to play with it and having all the other stuff to do besides the missions. It was really cool, right? Yeah. like There's a lot to just sink your teeth into. And I think they can still have that. Just please just re- restructure. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, yeah,
0: I still love it. They just need to... I think they've they've gone to the point where they keep trying to add more and more content. Yeah. And they're losing the, the essence of the game because, like, they're all bringing out... These online components and like apparently GT Online is killing it, doing really really well. Like that's great. Like that's how it should be. Like leave it that way, but pull back a little bit on this where there's side missions that you can opt in to do. You don't really have to do all that. But the main storyline like doesn't need to be over exaggerated with like random quests that should be side quests, but they're main quests. Right. Um. Right. And I sometimes I understand they're like introducing new mechanics, um, like golfing or you know, working out or whatever, like they did in GTA four. Right. Um, or no, that was San Andreas. Um, but yeah. That'll be interesting though. Like they've they've definitely changed up every single game with a different type of crime. I feel like this this drug thing hasn't happened yet. I mean you had like gangster, you know, gang crime in San Andreas. You had freaking um, you know, organized kind of crime in Vice City a little bit. And then in this last one, you had the bank heist stuff. Like They could go the route of the drug stuff. They haven't explored that yet. I
1: think that'd be cool.
0: Man. Man. I want to drive them old cars. Great. Great. So when do you think we'll see a GTA 6?
1: I mean, it's about that time. We're going on six years since the last one. Like, next two years, maybe? Yeah. I think that's a if, good guess.
0: I'm wondering if they'd ever break their tradition. Because what I've learned, what they've done in the past is they've always released GTA 6 before the new generation comes out, or GTA in general, before the new generation comes out to get it on those consoles before people buy them and then release, re-release it up-res for the next generation like a year later mm-hmm. so that you can then buy it in a higher quality and stuff like that. I always thought that was a smart move on their part. But I don't see them releasing a GTA next year unless they decide to change it up and coincide it with the launch, like make it a console launch release Yeah, for the PS5 and the Xbox 2 or whatever the heck they call it. Yeah, um, they
1: might. I mean, that'd be a good way to push some consoles. Yeah. Be a really good way to push some consoles.
0: Dude, what if it was Game Pass? Day one. <laughs>
1: I already got mine. I don't know. Yeah. About you. <laughs> so then there's
0: a subscription to get the online. Yeah. But you get the game. Yeah. Part of game pass. I
1: don't know. I just, we're still trying to figure out how people make money off that.
0: Yeah, they don't. They don't. <laughs> yeah. They don't. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing what, what they can do. Um,
1: I just still feel like they're going to stick to how they've been making games and keep it that way. And it's like, it's been too long since you started the, this trend of what you're doing and it just needs to change. Like, that's my biggest thing here. I honestly don't care where it is or what what time place it takes in or the characters. Just, just make it good and make it a little different. Yeah.
0: That's all I want. Yeah. Make it good and make it different. Yeah. I think it should take place on the moon. Mars. Let's go to Mars. Let's just do like a GTA on Mars. Yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah, really. Drug like smuggling just, in
1: Mars. Yeah,
0: but like it's a different dirty, drug. Right? Yeah, it's like oh, yeah. alien drugs. It'll be like juice, but they <laughs> s- they, I don't know, inject in their bodies that pumps them up, kind of like octane does in Apex Legends, where yeah, he like pumps yeah. himself up with some kind of drug, or Bane, in the comics, or Bane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Well, awesome. There you have it. A little bit of uh, GTA Six leaks. A little okay. bit about what we want from GTA Six. A little bit about hopefully it comes out. Um my <laughs> estimate estimation is probably gonna be not until twenty twenty two. Twenty twenty one. Wait, no, what what month is it? Or year is it? Twenty nineteen. Twenty twenty one is when I predict it to come I think out. So too. That'll be a long time from now. I will be thirty one years old. Ugh. That sucks. Ugh. So I will probably be like, I don't wanna play this games 'cause I'm too old for video games. But hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully I'm still doing this podcast and like we're making Bo Buku's amount of dollars, we'll be which here. you should go and donate patreoncom slash the inner gamer to help us make those Buku amounts of dollars so that we can continue to fund this project that takes a lot of time and money out all of our pockets all the time. We would love if you could help contribute to make the show better. That would be awesome. And uh, additionally, if you have a question or want to contribute to next week's segment drop us a line at theinnergamer.net and let us know what you want to hear us talk about. We would love to do it, make it happen and uh yeah. You might just get a shout out on the podcast. So,
1: get that shout out go. guys.
0: Uh with that we're going to take a quick break. Come back with our video game releases.
1: You're listening to The Inner Gamer.
0: Looking forward to next week, let's talk about our upcoming video game releases on July 10th for PS4, Xbox One, and PC, a game called Soul Seraph. Build your cities and set up defensive structures to protect them from the constant threat of monsters. Brought to you by the Ace Team. This is a team that did that game a long time ago that was really weird where you were like a, a, a freaking like... Soul you were You were like a kind of like a tribal person. And there's all this like mysterious weird shit going on. And it was like an adventure game, but it was a weird, ev- I don't know, it was a weird game. Okay. But uh, <laughs> anyway, this game combines action and strategy for a rich gameplay experience reminiscent of the 16 bit era. And then on the 12th of July on PS4 and Switch, Dragon Quest Builders 2 comes out. Oh, man. To stop the worshippers of an ancient evil, you must join forces with the mysterious Malroth and build a ravaged world into the realm of your dreams. In this adventure, you'll explore huge islands, gather and craft with materials, design towns, level them up, and defend them from monsters and bosses alongside the townspeople. As you progress, you'll unearth crafting and building recipes, dash, glide, swim, fast travel, and play an optional first-person perspective. As you try to find them all in the Isle of awakening, you and up to three other builders can explore together in local wireless or play online together too. Dun, 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 dun. And then so on dramatic. July 12th for PS4, Xbox one switch and PC streets of rogue, This is a game where you fight, sneak, and hack your way through randomly generated cities. It's like Nuclear Throne meets Deus Ex. Mixed with the anarchy of GTA, roguelite meets immersive sim and goes completely insane. This game is in early access and has overwhelmingly positive reviews right now. And this is officially coming out on July 12th. And it's from Devolver Digital. So that's pretty cool. I'm excited about that. And I will probably likely pick that game up because it sounds great. And with that, that's going to wrap our show this week. Be sure and check us out next Tuesday for more from your favorite video game podcast. Visit theintergamer.net for our latest episodes, videos, and social channels. If you like what you hear, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and tell a friend. Don't forget, at Community Brewery, this Friday, we will be there from 6 to 10. Make sure you go on Facebook or on meetup.com and mark yourself as going. So we know you're coming and we'll see you there to play some video games. Hang out with us.
1: Heck yeah. And if you want to support our show, you can donate on our website at theinnergamer.net. All donations go towards making the podcast, videos, and events even better. You can also join in on the conversation over on our Discord channel. Check out the show notes for the link. I'm Austin Morales. And I'm Bregan Oski. And you've been listening to The Inner Gamer. We'll catch you guys next week.
0: On the flip side, flippity-flip, flip-flip, flip-flip, flip-flip. Oh, Probably, correction, it's been, oh shit, it's been six years. Damn. Actually, not as long as I thought. That's about right. Oh, I will. I'm going to get, 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 and that's it. What are you doing? What is that? What was it? do I don't know.